What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest Aaron Dupree on the line today. And uh, real quick, I'm really excited to get him on here because I'm always talking about you know people taking initiative and you know using the tools that we have today to influence others in this space, and that is exactly what he's doing. So kudos to you, man. How are you, Aaron? I'm great, Robert. How are you, man? It's such a pleasure to be on this podcast. It's one of my faves. Well, hell, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so what brings you into the keto space in the first place, man? Let's go way back and just kind of give the audience a little foundation on you. Sure. Um, well, I have been uh, a video editor. I've been editing video for a living since 1997. Uh, I started out my career in Boston and worked, um, I learned editing on uh, this is before actual nonlinear editing became sort of the main way to do it. I learned on tape to tape editing machines, which was seems like the way cavemen did it nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but I learned uh, in 1990, 1997 and uh, was out in Boston. So I started my career, came back to Albany in about 2001 and found a job here editing video. So it's been what I've done for my career. Got a lot of experience. You know, I feel like I've got a really good handle on uh, story construction and how to keep people from getting super bored. Uh, and when YouTube came along, it was 2006. Uh, and I really thought it was like super cool. I was like, how can I do this? But I didn't feel like I had anything really that I could make a channel about. I wasn't sure what I would even say or talk about uh, until last year, 2017, when I kind of discovered keto and it sort of made sense. Um, here's this new thing that I'm really passionate about. I've got these skills uh, that I've accrued over the last 20 years. Why not put them together and kind of start a YouTube channel? Uh, and that's what I've done. I love it, man. I love it. Like, um, you, you got an upper hand on me for sure because I didn't have a clue how to do anything when I jumped into <laughs> YouTube. So it's awesome that you have that background to kind of leverage those skills because that just, you know, allows you to kind of put out quality content right from the get go. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say you need an unfair advantage. That's definitely my unfair advantage. Um, knowing, knowing a bit, knowing my way around, uh, editing is definitely helpful. Getting content done. Uh, I'm, I know what deadlines are all about. I have self-imposed deadlines that I put on myself. So that is kind of, uh, my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I started keto, I was like finding channels like Sahil, uh, who does Headbangers Kitchen and, you know, Keto Connect and Highfalutin Low Carb. And I was like, this is, this is something I could totally do. Um, so that's, that's when I decided to jump in. Those three channels, uh, were the main inspiration for me to start. What got you into keto in the first place? Like what was your, uh, transition to that niche in the very beginning? Uh, keto was a revelation to me. I, I sort of was clueless about nutrition, um, for decades. You know, I was sort of an athlete in high school. I played basketball. I went to a really small school. So if you showed any interest in any sport whatsoever, you were kind of starting center, you know, for the team or whatever. It was, it was crazy. Um, so that allowed me to sort of dip my toes in a lot of different things. Um, but as I went to college, you know, I put on some weight in college and sort of just let things go. Um, and I sort of was a yo-yo dieter for a long, long time. I would, I would get to where I felt comfortable, you know, felt sort of lean and, and, and comfortable in my own skin, but then I would sort of let things go, make bad decisions. Um, until I got to a point where I was like, Whoa, something's got to happen here. Uh, and then I would go the other direction. And that went on for as long as I can remember, about 20 years. Um, and honestly, when I started keto, it wasn't sort of like, you know, here's something that's going to fix everything. Keto, when I first started, it was something I had heard about. 
was like, oh, here's another thing I'll, I'll try and it probably won't work. And I'll be back, you know, on the yo-yo again. But it was radically different. And I knew in the first week after starting keto that it was the way I wanted to continue uh, indefinitely. So that was, that was kind of how I got into keto. It was seen at the beginning as sort of a short-term fix, but it has turned into sort of my uh, complete overhaul of my lifestyle. So like time frame wise, like you were in college, put on some weight in college, and then up and down with your yo-yo dieting, kind of trying different techniques for, for what was the time frame there? I would say 20 years. I would, I would be fit for a year and then let it go the other way for about a year, uh, just back and forth. The same sort of 60, 75 pounds over and over again, lost and gained for about two decades. So yeah, it was, it was quite a long time. That's crazy, crazy. So what, what uh, I mean, what triggered you to try keto as like a short-term fix in the first place? Like, was there like an article you saw or something? Uh, I saw, you know what, a friend of mine at work had done keto and I had, you know, I had, it was basically Reddit. I had been on Reddit looking at um, picture, like transformation pictures of people who had lost a lot of weight. And I was like, I could totally do that. I want to, I want to be able to have a transformation picture like that. I had seen the word keto uh, on the internet, didn't know exactly what it was. Um, but then a buddy of mine at work said, you should try, try this keto thing. Uh, and I dove into it and just kind of fell in love with it. So it was, uh, it was a revelation. It really kind of, um, it, it, it was compounded by the fact that I had had, I'd been on cholesterol medication for a long time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people talk about when they start keto, uh, it makes them feel like a million bucks and it did. But what I realized just recently actually is that my, um, change, I, I, I quit those cholesterol meds when I started keto. So I had kind of the double double effect. I felt my joints used to, which used to, uh, scream in pain, um, suddenly felt fantastic. And, um, it was just sort of a, a 180 turnaround in basically how I felt. So it's been, it's been my thing for almost about, I think 18 months now. Was there any, like all the different diets you tried in that 20 year span, was there anything that came close or was there anything that, um, like had like hope to it or was that just pretty much like an, a non-issue? Yeah, you know, I always felt like whatever I tried, I would have success with. Like I did Weight Watchers a couple of times and I did, you know, just sort of calorie counting. Um, mm -hmm. and, and exercise and running was always something that could kind of get that yo-yo going back in the right direction. Like whenever I got to the point that I was super heavy, I would just get my shoes on and run. And that would sort of um, get the yo-yo going back in the direction I wanted to. But then inevitably when I got to sort of where I felt comfortable again, I would you know, take my foot off the gas and, and just start going the other direction again. It was sort of, sort of a vicious cycle, but, um, but running was something that would always kickstart the weight loss. And, um, I've still kept that up and it's, um, but being on keto now, it's completely different, um, with running. I've kept running, uh, but keto has made recovery so much better. It is, I used to be in pain for a full day after a long run. And now, uh, now it's, now I feel fine, like later in the day after a long run. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I would imagine with running being so hard on your joints, like not having keto and the anti-inflammatory effects. I mean, you'd be, you'd run a day and then be out, out of the, for the count for like a couple of days. Pretty much. Yeah. It was sort of, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd run long distances and then come back and just be sore and like creaky going down the stairs felt like torture. Um, but I tell you being, being fat adapted and having that reduced inflammation um, it's night and day. It's absolutely night and day. So how long have you been keto now in total? 
It's been about 18 months. I started in January of 2017. I was at around 275 pounds or so. And by November of 2017, I'd gotten down to where I wanted to be, which was between, uh, it was around 215 pounds. I'm 6'3", so I'm a taller guy. So two, between 210 and 220 is where I'm really comfortable. And, um, you know, I lost a majority of that in the first few months, which I think is what keeps a lot of people going with keto is that they see almost immediate results. Um, mm -hmm. And I kept, I just kept on doing the thing and I got down to where I wanted to be. Uh, in November. Uh, and since then, I've sort of been, and I know you hate this word, but I've been maintaining since uh, November of 2017 and just tweaking things here and there and trying to improve. Very nice. What are what are the, the improvements you're working on? Anything in particular? Any any next level adjustments? I have started um, started some resistance training, started some light work with some dumbbells. You know, I've I've always been a cardio guy. Um, and, but I want to sort of even things out a little bit and start doing more resistance and strength training. Um, I've been doing pushups every day. You know, I, I've, I've gotten back up to the point where I'm doing a uh, hundred pushups a day. I started, that was sort of my new year's resolution, do a hundred pushups a day. And I kept that up for a couple months. And then I happened to crack my rib in my, on my icy driveway in February. And that sort of got put on the back burner. So I'm, but I'm back up now to sort of where I'm close to, if not at a hundred, uh, every day, feeling much better about that. And, you know, just doing some very simple dumbbell exercises in the evenings, just trying to get a little bit more strength training in there. Oh, shoot. You're not maintaining them, man. You're improving if you're doing that every day. <laughs> well, I try. What, um, like, what are some of the things you've learned along the way, especially like tied into your YouTube channel, kind of what you've been able to showcase in those lessons learned? Like, what would you say your, your niche or your specialty is that, that really kind of sets you apart? Well, the thing that I, it took a while to find, but I think what I've settled into on my YouTube channel is eating vlogs, which I really enjoy doing, but which are sort of require a little bit more production. So I don't do them as often as I'd like, but those are the ones that um, are fun. Now, I also have kind of settled into doing some product reviews and I do uh, some giveaways every month. Um, sort of try to keep it super fun and light on my channel. And, um, that's sort of where I am. Those are the three things that I s sort of put on my, you know, my main channel banner is eating vlogs, uh, giveaways and, um, what was the second thing I said? Uh, the uh, reviews. Yeah. Reviews, uh, including things like keto brick. Uh, so, you know, it's that those are the three main things I've, I've tinkered with some biohacking stuff. Like I did the, um, the Dave Feldman cholesterol drop protocol, uh, which was really interesting and didn't give me the results I was expecting, but, um, Dave was super responsive to that video and suggested a few things I could try going forward. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of, just a lot of fun stuff I've done on YouTube and it's such a unique, I said this to someone else, but it's a really unique platform because I know you know this, um, but putting out content and having direct contact and back and forth with people who are watching that content is so different than what I've been used to for 20 plus years, you know, usually I'll edit a video, it'll go out, it'll play at some event somewhere that I'll never see people react to it. It's some corporate talking headpiece and that no one really cares about anyway. But YouTube is a completely different thing. Like your audience is there because they want to be there and they're watching your stuff because they want to watch your stuff. And when, when I can interact with those people and or help those people, it's so rewarding. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing, man. Like I've, I've been kind of slain lately, so I haven't been able to comment back. I used to respond to every single comment on YouTube, but ever since like I had that 
uh, like when I proposed to Crystal and we had her competition, I've just been way, way too backed up, especially <laughs> with the daily vlog. I haven't been able to come in as much as I like. But to have that engagement, and I mean, I still read every single comment. So I, I get all the feedback and then I'll oftentimes make a video following up on that feedback. But to be able to connect with people on that level, I mean, it's like you're having a conversation with them. And I think that's one of the huge benefits of YouTube that sets it kind of apart from other other social media platforms. Exactly. Exactly. And man, putting out daily content like you do is no joke. Like I know what it takes. That's um, that's nothing to sneeze at, man. I have been following your uh, DSK vlogs like every day for the past 80 something days. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be all over with. But that's impressive. It's impressive to get daily content out every day. Um, it's, it's, it's not a, a slight undertaking at all. It takes, takes some time, you know? I feel like, you know, I'm kind of go off on tangent now, but I like, I like tangents. It, it takes yeah. a lot of consistent discipline. And since I'm trying to do that every day on top of, you know, like the client check-ins and the emails and just stay on top of business and like keto brick production, and all the other stuff that comes with business. Like, I feel like my editing kind of takes a hit. Like I, I, I would love to be able to spend you know, an hour each day watching cool tutorials on YouTube on how to improve my editing. But it's hard for me to justify doing that when I just have to get a vlog out that day. Um, so I hate that, you know, because it, it makes it harder to to learn and improve my editing skills. Um, but at the same time, that like you said, there's a lot to be said for just pumping out daily content. I think people appreciate just the the raw authenticity of it because when you're doing a daily video and I'm not, you know, spending much time editing, like it, I have to pretty much make the footage I'm actually recording you know, entertaining or else people aren't going to watch it. Right. That's the thing. Uh, YouTube really does value uh, quantity. I mean, the quality is great, but it really wants constant um, scheduled uh, content. Um, that's what it rewards. Um, there's a, and, and I mean, like you said, doing it every day, even though it might not be the most whiz bang video ever, people watch because they connect with you and people, um, you know, want to see your content. So just getting, uh, but it, it, like you said, also, it is all about adding some sort of value to, to what you put out there. It's, you know, it's really tough to put out a video where you're just like talking about your day and I went to the store and I, you know, then I came home, like no one wants to hear that. But I know the thing that you and Crystal really focus on is even if you feel like it's not the best video in the world, there's always a nugget of value in there that people can latch onto and it can benefit them. Yeah, it's definitely what I've tried to do. I mean, there's there's vlogs that I put out that I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate this vlog. Like, I'm not proud of this vlog at all. But then it's like, the reason I hit the publish button is because I value the fact that I was consistent enough to do it. And I, I always preach, you know, quality over quantity. But with, with stuff like that, with like generating content and engaging, I feel like just, you know, no matter what, consistency is, is key and having that discipline to be consistent is paramount. Absolutely agreed. There's something to be said. There's definitely a parallel between, you know, that consistency, like you said, like sticking to a schedule with YouTube is sort of my main focus as far as, you know, creating content goes. Like I have a schedule that is pretty much the rule. Like I have to have a video up every Tuesday and Friday. Um, I've got stuff planned out ahead of time. And if I don't meet that goal, uh, I feel like I've failed. And that's sort of that consistency sort of it's the same way I treat keto. Like I'm every day I might not sort of have the best, you know, nutrition or the best day of my macros hitting what I want to hit for my macros, but it's that slow, steady progress. Um, and being cons consistent that is so key to both of those things. 100%, man, 100%. What do you do for like, um, like your, 
ideas, you know, in, inspiration, motivation for specific video. Like I know you said you've got the reviews, the the eating vlogs and like the giveaways, but do you kind of leverage the audience feedback more? Or do you kind of have like something planned ahead of time as far as what you're going to record and film? Yeah, it's a lot of both. Like I have, I have ideas, um, perhaps not all completely fleshed out, but at least ideas for videos for the next couple of months. And then I also like to take into account what people are saying in comments and asking about. And the thing that people really want more than anything else are those days, those eating vlogs, full day of eating vlogs. People have told me that they're very, very helpful. Um, and I really want to do more of them. It's just that I'm not willing to sort of phone those in. I want to make sure that those are entertaining and, um, fun to watch. Uh, I don't want to put out content that people tune out of. So they tend to come every four or five weeks. That's kind of my schedule with those. I'd love to ramp it up, you know, a little bit more and put out a couple a month. Uh, but those are the ones that I put the most thought and effort uh, into the production of those. And um, then the other ones, like the reviews, people, you know, have suggestions for products they want me to check out or review. Uh, and those are a lot easier to to pump out. Those are sort of just me sitting in my stu my basement studio talking to the camera. There are very few creative decisions that go on with those. It's just sort of like talking to camera. I've got my pre-built intro, my pre-built outro that I just like slap in, you know, my video into and it's sort of done. So um, I want to get into more of those sort of creative and fun videos. It's just that with my nine to five, uh, which gets crazy and being, you know, husband and dad to three kids, you know, my own stuff tends to take the back seat a lot, but I'm working on, I'm working on focusing on those a little bit more. And even the review videos are like top notch. Like when you did the keto brook review, I didn't know what to expect. Like I've seen a few of them on YouTube. Um, but like you took footage that we had in one of our vlogs from us making the bricks and like the, the behind the scenes and you like transferred that into your vlog. So it kind of gave people a story even if they hadn't seen my vlog and even knew what Ketobrook was, like it was super well thought out and I, I was just very, very impressed. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, and th the thing is, if anyone is considering doing stuff like that, like always, this is what I always tell people, make sure you check with the person. Don't just grab their videos. Like I wanted to make sure, like I got in touch with you and Crystal. I was like, hey, can you mind if I grab this video and use some of it in the review I'm going to do? Because um, that can get really sticky. Like if you just grab someone's video and start using it in your own video, that's Ugh, that that's that's a slippery slope um mm -hmm. but yeah using using footage uh using you know cutaway shots that are interesting to look at that's that's the name of the game so i try to integrate as much of that as i can and uh you know you guys had a lot of i just loved watching the production process of those bricks it looks it looks like such an undertaking man like traveling three hours working until you know three o'clock in the morning or whatever um that's not that's not an easy task i would imagine we're about to do our largest production uh, run on Monday. We're, we're going to spend like from 8 in the morning to like 11 at night. It's just going to be like nonstop. We're going to try and have our largest batch there. And then we're going to do that big release the last of this month. So it's uh, it's game time for sure. That's awesome. I know that a lot of people are excited about that because it is such a hot commodity. Uh, and with good reason. It's, it's, uh, it's freaking delicious. I appreciate it, man. I definitely, I don't know, like I, I once... My, my biggest problem is just the supply. Like I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with the demand and I don't want people to, you know, be let down. I want to get bricked everybody that wants one. Well, here's the thing. I think with any normal company, like any faceless conglomerate that had problems like that, people would be pissed. But because you have this connection that you've you know cultivated with YouTube and with Instagram and everything like that, people feel like they, they know you 
And it's, um, it's something that I think people are totally willing to accept. Like they know all the work that you and Crystal are putting into it. And I think because you have uh, this sort of following and people know who you feel like they know you, um, it's a completely different story. So uh, I think people are, com- are really willing to wait, you know, for, for what, what they're going to get. And speaking of that, man, it kind of hinge enough of that, like the whole aspect of influencer marketing, like having an influence, having an audience that's loyal to you and supports you, and then being able to, you know, leverage that audience to add value, whether it's information or a product or anything like that is, that is the way business should be. And I, I didn't used to think like that way. I used to think, you know, like all about drop shipping and totally being removed from the equation and just kind of, you know, checking my bank statement and seeing that the money had been deposited. But now after, I think my big pivotal moment there was after watching a bunch of Gary V's content, but he was all about influencer marketing and like creating a brand, creating loyalty and just being like totally and a hundred percent authentic. And it takes a long time. Like it's a long game approach. Um, and, and you're seeing this, you know, yourself with YouTube and all you've done there. But when you do that and when you chip away at it day in, in and day out and you have that kind of loyalty, I mean, no matter what, unless you just totally, you know, be dishonest to your following, like you have that, that's something that, no other business could come in and steal from you. Like somebody could replicate the keto brick tomorrow and have a huge supply of it. But at least I would hope that you know, <laughs> my audience is going to stick with me because, you know, they know the origination of it and just kind of like what all I'm doing to, to put it out there. And, and, and that's, I mean, you can't put a price on that. Absolutely, man. That personal connection is so important. And I've found that with some, some companies that have sent me stuff I'm not a, a huge fan of, um, but getting being able to put a face with a company is a huge thing. Like I don't, you know, there's no way that I would ever feel the same way about some gigantic corporation that I do about a thing like a keto brick or like, you know, one of these uh, meat stick companies that I've you know, talked about or seen. Um, mm-hmm. There's such value in knowing the people behind it, like you said. Um, and yeah, Gary Vee's stuff is so inspirational, all of that stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out my next steps in that avenue. I think that, um, I'm going to try to, you know, it, the whole thing with YouTube is that it really opens the, the doors to, um, I'd, I'd like to be able to, in a very, uh, genuine way, ask people, uh, to support me. And that, that just by its very nature feels gross to me. Like, I don't want to come out and feel like I'm begging people for money. But there's something to be said for people who want to contribute um, to be able to do that. And I'm tinkering with the idea of uh, going to KetoCon next year. Like just seeing all of the photos on Instagram when KetoCon was happening made me so insanely jealous. Like I want Danny Vega to lift me up on his shoulders. Like it looked so like so much fun. Um, and I'm thinking that to defray some of those costs, maybe I open up some sort of Patreon or something and have people because, uh, you know, support um, defray some of the costs of going to KetoCon next year because I would be able to, you know, create content, put it out. I feel like there would be value for people there. It's something I'm just starting to try to figure out, but that's definitely, I think, a way that I want to, I want to proceed. No, I think you definitely should. I mean, like, uh, like the Patreons and stuff like that, like people, it's not like you're begging for money or anything. It's like you have, you're adding value. And if you don't have a product or something, that's fine. You're adding content, you know, people are getting value from that. So, People oftentimes, you know, they, I mean, like people will send me stuff in the mail, like a card or like a, um, you know, like a shirt or like a trinket or something, which I love and I appreciate and I wouldn't trade anything for it, but people are really willing to like 
help you if they can see that you need help or support you or just like illustrate that they're there for you and they're watching and supporting you. I mean, that's just so huge. And if you open up a Patreon and you're putting out content and putting out value, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people invested in that. Right. That's the thing. I, I don't want it to be sort of like, here, put money in my tip jar. I want, I want to make sure that if people do do that, there's value coming back to them. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And you have like you're coming from a place of authenticity. So I mean, I think everybody would would understand and realize where you're coming from, and and be more than happy to support that. Oh, thanks, man. What what is your? So we're just totally diving into the YouTube rabbit hole here because I think it's sure. interesting. A lot of people want to get into YouTube. They don't really know where to start. Um, even if they don't want to get into YouTube, I think it's advantageous for them that watch YouTube to kind of have a behind the scenes look. But what is your workflow like? How does how does that look for you? Um, like, let's just take one of the, the full day of eating vlogs. Like, what is your workflow like in the production, the, the filming, the editing? Like, how does that look? Sure. The first thing I do with those is I pre-plan my meals. Like, I, I don't want to wing, I don't want to wing it with those. I want to, like, have a, a, a solid day of eating um, and be able to show people how it could work for, for them starting eating a full day on keto, what it looks like. And then I will, uh, you know, shoot, uh, what I'm eating, shoot breakfast, shoot lunch. If I have it, shoot dinner. Um, and then wrap it, uh, in this, like I'll usually will set it up in my studio. I'll wrap it up in my studio. And then in between have sort of the, the edited content. I'll try to find some music that works, I'll throw in some graphics talking about the macros that I've been eating and um, just edit it together and, and, and put it out there. So it really is actually I have sort of um, a quote unquote skeleton project where I have sort of the graphics already built. Um, and I open that every time I start a new project and then just save it as something else. So it starts with the same sort of structure, like the open and the, the close and the graphics are already sort of in there and I just modify what the macros are looking like. Um, so that gives me a little bit of a head start, and then it's just sort of um, finding the right kind of music. The right cut of music is a huge step. Like I usually don't start until I find the right cut of music, uh, and then edit to that music. So there's a lot that goes into those, and um, but the the reviews are much more formulaic. Like I said, those are 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 the same thing, but with much much fewer uh, creative decisions going into them. So it's all uh, Adobe Premiere Pro CC and some After Effects, and um, and yeah, and the first thing I would say to anyone who wants to start YouTube, if they feel like they can't do it, uh, just use your phone. Uh, that's all you really need. And then if you do decide that you want to proceed, invest in audio first, like get a good microphone, because there's an old saying in the business is that audio is more than half of what you see. If you have good audio, um, bad fit, bad video is much more easy to forgive. So th that's what kind of I tell people who, are, who ask me about how to get started. What uh, what made you go with Premiere? I use Premiere as well, but what made you go with Premiere instead of like Final Cut? Uh, well, f I have a strange relationship with Final Cut. I learned on Avid Media Composer, which is sort of the industry standard as far as Hollywood movies and everything goes. Um, but then Final Cut 7 became a big thing at about the in the mid 2000s to late 2000s. And that was sort of my go to editing software, Final Cut 7. And then I was very excited for Final Cut 8 which I would, you know, I thought would be this fantastic, um, similar software, but just quicker and more RAM available to it. But Apple sort of came out with Final Cut 10 instead, which was a huge, um, in professional circles, a gigantic slap in the face. It sort of was 
people considered it iMovie Pro, and a lot of people jumped ship to uh, Adobe, uh, including myself. And Premiere became sort of the next iteration of Final Cut. Like it, it sort of has become what people wanted the next version of Final Cut Seven to be. So Apple sort of. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say that they uh, hosed professional users, but they kind of did, um, and just uh, Adobe sort of stepped in to fill a vacuum that Final Cut 10 created. Uh, I know that a lot of people do use Final Cut 10. It's very popular with YouTube people, but having the professional background that I have had, uh, it was never really an option for me. I tinkered around with it a little bit and just found Premiere to be much more uh, workable. Yeah, I looked like when I was first diving in, I looked at all the different software options and. Like Final Cut looked very appealing because I, I like like I use an Apple and it all mm-hmm. just seemed to to be pretty pretty seamless. But I knew that Premiere was kind of like the gold standard. And even though I I didn't I mean I still don't have a clue how to use much more than half of the the software. But it's something that I can grow into is instead of like being capped out at. Right and absolutely, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like the two, it's all about telling a story and it's all about you know in points and out points and. And you can really use any editing software. It's all about the story that you make with it. That's sort of the be all end all. Like a story is kind of king. And uh, as long as you have a story in your head, there's a way to get it, uh, way to get it done, no matter what software you're using. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's just uh, for us like geeks on this stuff, we can totally geek out <laughs> on, you know, the, the, the technology and like the gear. What, what camera do you use now? I'm just using my iPhone, man. I, I don't have the the money for a super high-end camera right now. I have always lived in an edit suite. My professional experience has been in editing, never really in production and shooting. So I'm still learning a lot of the ropes when it comes to shooting my stuff. And I'm just using my phone. I use uh, my phone for all of it. I use a program called, oh boy, what's it called? Uh, Filmic for my, Pro. Yes, Filmic Pro. Thank you. for my. Um, for my reviews and things, I use Filmic Pro. And then for uh, my eating vlogs, I tend to just use the native camera app because uh, my daughter uh, has less trouble with it. <laughs> She's kind of by default my, my camera person. Uh, nice. So that's, that's how, usually how it works. What uh, did you do to get the audio so good on your phone? Uh, I have this device called an iRig Pre, and it basically can take any uh, big microphone I, I have this nice shotgun microphone that has an XLR connector. And this iRig Pre is basically a box. Into one end, you put the XLR from the microphone. And out of the other end comes a stereo mini cable uh, to which you can attach a stereo mini to Thunderbolt cable. And that can go right into your phone. And then with Filmic Pro, you can select that input as the audio. So for uh, for those reviews, that's what I use for day of eating vlogs i use a wired um lapel mic and i just stick it into a an, a separate audio recorder and then marry the audio to the video in editing very nice very nice with regard to the full day of eating vlogs do you like what do you find to be the most popular amongst your followers like just exotic foods or like just mass amounts of food like what what's the is there like a pattern there at all uh, you know, I think it's really just people looking to see what foods they can eat on keto. And I've tried to, you know, just stick to, at least in the in the first five or six of them, just try to stick to really simple foods, you know, like steaks and eggs and bacon and chicken thighs, sort of the standards, you know. Um, I haven't gotten too exotic with those yet. I'm sure 
I try to mix it up. I don't want to, uh, you know, eat too much of the same stuff for each one of those vlogs. I try to vary what I'm having. Um, but I do try to mix it up and I'm sure things will get more exotic as I go along. I just try not to repeat meals too often because what's the point of those people have seen that already. I sort of, I like to try to mix it up. So, uh, sometimes I'll wait and do them if I know I have an event coming up. Like I did, I did a full day of eating vlog when the family and I went down to New York to watch Hamilton on Broadway. That was fun. I try to wrap it around an event if I can. Um, but sometimes there is no, is no event and I just do one on a random Saturday afternoon. So it really depends on what I have going on in my life as to what, uh, what I'm going to do there. But I try to keep it varied. I like it, man. I've actually never done like an official full day of eating vlog. So I you're motivating me to do one. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Food. You know, it's, uh, it, you know, my wife sometimes will say, why you're just shooting your food again? What are you doing? I was like, I'm, I got a video I'm working on in my head. Just let me do it. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, I have fun doing. I'm, I'm happy that people are watching. So it's rewarding to, to see people say, Hey, that really helped. You know, I didn't know what I could have. I'm sort of a, a tall guy. I've had a lot of taller people say, you know, this really helped me. I think my, my, um, my daily calorie expenditure is around 2,300 calories. So I try to hit that. And, um, so I've had people say, you know, I didn't even really know how many calories I should be eating. This kind of gets me in the ballpark, that kind of thing. So it's really nice to, again, get that feedback from people on YouTube and, uh, and know that I'm helping people out. Absolutely, man. I love it. I love it. What, what's it like? Um, you said that your your wife looks at you sometimes like what are you what are you doing filming again? What's it like <laughs> to have like the the family and you know try try to like like are they pretty supportive of? I mean, I guess your daughter's filming for you, so that's pretty supportive. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I used to get bashed by like my folks all the time. They would be like, "What are you doing filming your food?" Like they just don't get it. Like if you don't know YouTube or come from like a YouTubing background, people just think you're so strange. Like the first time I walked through the grocery store with a big old camera. They're like, <laughs> it's just looking at me. Man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is tricky. You know, it's, I'm the only one in my household doing keto. So there's that, there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, and you know, after the initial shock of, of switching up my diet kind of went away, like the family early on was like, what are you doing? Why are you eating this fat? You're going to give yourself a heart attack. Um, but after, you know, they saw some of those results, it, it got a little bit better um, but they're supportive, you know, mealtime, uh, is, is, a, it's still something we're kind of juggling. Like we all used to eat the same thing at the same time. And now we still try to eat at the same time, but getting multiple meals together to have at the same time can be challenging, especially with, you know, a couple of 16 year old, I have twin 16 year old boys who would much rather be in their rooms, you know, not spending time at the table, but, uh, they've been supportive as far as the, the, the shooting of stuff goes. Um, you know, they know that, uh, it's kind of, you know, dad's dumb hobby and just let him do it kind of thing. I think that's the, that's the general attitude about it. It's, I mean, I, I'm surprised that, you know, they're, they're 16. They, they kind of, I mean, I'm sure they watch you too. They know surely what you're doing on the back end. Um, I don't know, man, I, I bet they'll be pretty supportive when they see your, your channel grow and just like how much of an influence you have. They are. They've come to me and they've asked me a few things. Like they're, they're, you know, they've tinkered with the idea of doing like video, recording their video gameplay and uploading that. And I'm like, yeah, you can totally do that. Uh, you just got to be consistent with it. And that's kind of when they tune out. <laughs> they yeah. just want to, they just want to do one thing and kind of be done. But uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some, uh, some wisdom I can drop on them. Like I think I got one of my sons, the Adobe 
Premiere or the Adobe Suite for his birthday last year or for both of their birthdays. So, uh, you know, they, they, they tinker with stuff. And, um, but my daughter is so gung ho about it. She loves to help. And that's, I, I love that. And how old is she? She's going to be 13 in December. So she's 12. I'm clutching, uh, tight to the last of her girlhood. Uh, she is, um, she's so great. I love hanging out with her. She loves shooting stuff. She loves being goofy. It's, it's always a blast. And, uh, this is going to sound like I'm taking a totally 180 degree here, but what, what's your full-time job? Uh, I'm an editor at a small video production company here in Albany, in the Albany, New York area. So full-time job is editing. So I do a lot of sort of internal communication, corporate videos, you know, sort of boring uh, stuff sometimes, sometimes really rewarding stuff. I find that the most rewarding stuff is the stuff that we do uh, for free. Like we do some pro bono things for, you know, charities and things like that. So that's really re rewarding. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like I've been able to uh, dip my toes into YouTube and and start this new venture while also having sort of this bedrock of my of my nine to five job, which I really enjoy. I think that's kind of a rare thing. Um, a lot of people hate their their nine to five job. I happen to really, really like mine. So um, that's, I think it would make a huge difference if I hated my nine to five. YouTube would seem like my last gasp hope for happiness, but uh, professionally, but loving your job and then having this side thing is, has been great. And I've been able to kind of just smartly um, ramp up my, my YouTube stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a rewarding, rewarding job. It is, it is absolutely key when you can kind of look at all aspects of your life and figure out a way to tie them in together. Like how your, you know, your nine to five, the skills you learn there benefit the YouTube and then, you know, all that kind of meshing, like so many, like people that have things that are totally disconnected and that they're not able to find a way to tie them together and relate them in some form or fashion. There's just so much, you know, disconnect and it, it, it makes it much harder for any one of those to move the needle forward. Like one is inevitably going to be slacking, but I mean, with each, you know, forward mark you make in like your nine to five, that can carry over and be progress, you know, placed into the YouTube video. So that's, that's huge advantageous in my opinion. Absolutely. The thing I have to be careful about is just focusing sometimes on my nine to five. Like there'll be days where I'm just listening to these CEOs kind of drone on about stuff. And I'm thinking about, all right, what should I have for dinner tonight so I can shoot this thing that I'm working on? You know, it's kind of like I got to try to keep my head in the game uh, during the day. Sometimes that's tough, but uh, it's, it's definitely doable. What do you do? Like, is there any specific like... Um practice that you do to, to try and like a schedule you keep like how do you keep everything on the on the rails uh you know with with so much going on like with keto even if your family's not keto doing the youtube videos consistently having the nine to five you know doing the, the weight training now like how I'm, I'm always curious to learn how people that have a lot going on make sure they don't implode basically right the key i have found is to stay ahead i have um as we speak, I'm I'm good for the next two weeks. I have things on YouTube ready to go live every for each of the next Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, once I get to the point where uh, the week will turn and I have nothing coming up, like I have nothing scheduled for Tuesday and Friday, panic sets in. So the the key is to stay ahead, keep ideas coming, and to have a calendar. I use this calendar app. I don't know if you've heard of it called Trello. Um, it's mm -hmm. really really good. It allows you to have checklists per 
you can add like a card to each day with like, a, you know, the main subject of the card is, you know, a full day of eating vlog or whatever. And then within that card, you can add checklists to it. Um, so you can able, you can really keep track on sort of a micro level as to how far along you are in each of the tasks that you need to do for each YouTube video. I've got like 16 or 17 different things that I need to do for it. Um, but then it's making time for uh, the things you need to make time for. Like there's a certain point of the night where, all right, I'm turning off my YouTube head, going to spend some time with the kids and spend some time with the wife. We're just going to chill out um, and maybe watch a little TV or just hang out and do something together. It's that balance. It's sort of finding that balance. And that gets tougher when, uh, like I said, I fall behind a little bit. Staying ahead lets me keep uh, keep that focus and stay balanced. I'm, I'm jealous, man. Like I, I don't have any, I don't think I've ever had a video that was ahead of time. Like it's always day to day. <laughs> yeah. I know that, um, especially the way you're doing it, like doing daily vlogs, that's just getting those out is a huge undertaking. Um, and scheduling additional stuff on top of that would be, uh, insanity as far as getting content out. The fact that I just am doing two videos a week uh, really allows me to, and that they're relatively easy for me to produce is definitely helpful. Um, if I were doing, you know, a full day of eating vlog twice a week, I don't know that I would be able to sustain it as far as like keeping it, keeping the quality where I would want it to be. It would be, uh, unsustainable. So, uh, just having ideas, keeping them, um, keeping ahead of the game, I think is, is key to me because once I start to slip, I can feel it happening. Like, uh, oh boy, I have nothing scheduled for this Friday. I got to come up with something. Um, and just staying ahead helps, helps with that. Yeah. I think, I mean, it, it comes at your quality too, because you, you can see that it's not like rushed or anything, um, which is, is, is good. I'm going to put myself on the hot seat here. Nice. What, like you've seen my, my content, what would you recommend I do? Like, where should I invest time and energy in learning to improve something or like, what, what would you do differently to, the to thing my that I, the thing that I love about your content. I love the, 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 the ones that I like most are when you're talking to the camera, you have that cool black backdrop set that I really mm -hmm. like. Um, and I, I love those. The audio sounds fantastic on those, but the one that I really connected with most was the one from a few, like maybe last week you were outside, you were talking, it was the anniversary of starting your brand. Mm -hmm. I think that one, um, it was so heartfelt. And I think that's, that's the thing, man, of when people can connect with what you're saying and know that you're being sincere, that's, that's the thing. Um, the thing that I wish I saw more of on your channel, um, which I know is not always an option. I, I'm, I love when you're like, all right, we're going to go to whatever it is. We're going to go to Whole Foods and get some stuff. And then the next thing I see is you guys back home saying, all right, we just got back from Whole Foods. I'm like, I want to see the Whole Foods stuff. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I think it's a fantastic channel. I think you're connecting with so many people. I love hearing about, you know, your lives day to day and, and the struggles that Crystal has had um, and how you guys have been dealing with those. I love the fact that she does not have Crohn's disease. That was such a, a great thing yeah, to hear. Good thing um, but, you know, just um, I think you just do a fantastic job of connecting with people. So I'd just say, keep up what you're doing. And I love it. I think you guys have a great channel. I appreciate it, man. Like I'm, I'm always, I'm always hesitant to put a bunch of like just talking head videos out there. Cause I feel like I'll just lose people's interest, but those always seem to be the ones that people are attracted to. But for me, it's, it's crazy. Cause I'm like looking for all these cool cinematic, 
you know, transitions and shots and like something new in the camera. Like I would think that just a black backdrop gets old after so many videos, but I don't know, like, like hearing you say that, it makes me feel like I should do more of them. Yeah. I think that, I think that those, I think, you know, those ones with the black backdrop, I think people really focus on what you're saying because there's nothing to distract. I think it's such a clean setup that you've got there and it sounds so crisp in that room um, that I think it really connects with people because it's, you know, what you're saying is valuable and people connect with it. Um, But that said, I think like throwing some variety into where you are when you do those, like that one when you were outside, like the one I just mentioned, that one was super cool too. Um, I don't think people mind at all when it's just you talking to the camera. I run into the same thing. I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about um, Mm -hmm. that has any value to anyone? And I second guess myself a lot. And sometimes I'll just start talking and know that I'm going to throw away 80% of it and just use sort of the 20% that makes sense. That's the beauty of having a little bit of editing go into things. So um, that's kind of how I, how I look at it. I, I definitely think, I mean, kind of like looking back on it all now, like I was hesitant to even start YouTube. You probably were too, maybe initially, I don't know. But so many people, kind of like what we were saying earlier, just they, they just don't feel like they have anything to say and they just don't. But once you start gaining momentum and you start getting feedback, then it becomes like this self-fulfilling, you know, wheelhouse in which you've always got an idea or something in the pipeline because, you know, if, if you're totally run out, like like yesterday, for instance, my video that I just published like an hour ago was me asking my audience, you know, hey, what do you all want to see? And then from that, I'll be able to generate something. So like if you have that audience, you start getting momentum. I mean, you can, you'll, you'll never run out of steam, basically. Absolutely. And that's one of the other things, the great things about YouTube as a platform, like you can add these little cards that have polls on them and say, what kind of video do you want to see? And just put a poll up and like get real time feedback about what people actually want to watch on your channel. It's something. And as far as you know, gaining confidence as you go. Exactly. Like I look back at some of the first videos I did and I'm, it's, I cringe like crazy. Yeah, like, oh my God, what, what was I doing? Why was I outside at my picnic table? And uh, what was I doing? Um, you definitely gain confidence as you go. I feel like uh, it took me a while to figure out what my channel was about, but I feel like I've sort of got that at least a little bit figured out now. And I just want to continue to, to kind of grow it and, and see where it goes. I'm excited, man. I, I think you've got, you know, a really bright future with YouTube. I mean, you've been growing like crazy fast. I mean, it's uh, it's quality stuff and you've got a good message. So I'm I'm definitely excited for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, we just passed 10K subscribers and, uh, you know, it's it's really rewarding to just think about that that many people want to watch this stuff. How How is that possible? Um, but mm-hmm. it's cool. It's cool to see its motivation, to see that number sort of go up a little bit every day kind of keeps you going. I think if that weren't the case it, it's easy to get sort of discouraged about things like in the first six months that i did youtube i was like man my mom is watching and that's about it um yeah. nobody really was was watching um but you know i got a huge boost in november and i know you were you got the same boost uh when keto connect featured uh, each of us in a video when matt was doing his 4k calorie uh challenge mm-hmm. It was you and me and Kayla and uh, the Vegas. Um, And I have never seen a spike in my subs more than I did that day. Um, But it's cool to know that even though I had that huge spike back then in subscribers, my watch time was still kind of nothing. Uh, And nowadays, my watch time, which is the key like metric that YouTube looks at, uh, it, it never gets really lower than that day that I that Keto Connect featured me on their channel. So just to know that I've sort of been growing and people have been watching more is really, really rewarding. 
I think honestly, man, like there's, there's, I really look for things in life, like vehicles in life that really just the determining factor of success is based on, you know, your ability to consistently apply discipline and just freaking grind it out. And, you know, keto and nutrition is like that. Training is like that. YouTube is like that. Uh, you know, business is like that. There's, there's so many things that, you know, it, people just, they get so caught up on the fact of, okay, I've got to have this in this much time. And if I don't, then it's a failure, but rather try and look at it through the idea of, okay, if I just chip away bit by bit by bit every single day, then inevitably, you know, 50 years from now, it'll be a success. Like that kind of just like slow motion, just freaking grinding out over time consistently is like, I, I feed off of that. I love it. And YouTube is like that manifested in such a great way. Like I'm, I'm excited about, you know, the next 50 years. I think that's huge. Absolutely, man. That slow grind, like you said, I embrace that slow grind. I love incrementally feeling like this might seem like a plateau to me. I feel like I'm on sort of a plateau, but there is a value in that plateau and practicing, you know, your craft. If you feel like you're in a plateau, it's not a waste of time. Like you're getting better, even if it's tiny, tiny, microscopic, incremental improvements. Those plateaus are not necessarily plateaus. You're, you're, you're getting better through practice, through doing whatever grind it is that you're doing. And you're right. Yeah. YouTube is, is a prime example of that nutrition keto has been a, a super, uh, it just manifests itself with in my diet that way. I just feel like those slow incremental progress is progress. I think, you know, like you and I say that and you and I know that and, and people hear that and they accept it, but there's like a, a shift that occurs for people to actually act on that way of thinking. What would you say is like, like, what is the shift there? Like, why, what, who do you have to be? What do you have to think like? What's your mentality need to be in order to act upon that fact? Because, I mean, you know, at first glance, like, I must be some kind of crazy man to, to just chip away at something with hopes of maybe, you know, seeing success in 50 years. But I don't know, like, like for me, it just makes total common sense. But what, what for you, how do you motivate or, like, how do you illustrate to people that this is the way it works and you will see success? Like, what gets them up and, uh, and make an action? I think that um, doing things uh, is better than, you know, talking about things like, you know, like they always say, actions speak louder than words. And I deal with this with my kids sometimes like they might not see they might not they're not keto. They don't, you know, maybe they don't understand fully what it's all about. But making progress to better myself, um, I feel like they will someday, maybe not immediately. Uh, come to understand why I'm doing it, understand the value in it. And if I can show them uh, the the benefits of that slow grind and have them say, wow, dad's been doing this for, you know, a year and a half. Uh, he's, he's, he's made progress. It wasn't huge at the beginning, but he kept, you know, he kept chipping away at it. I want, I, I, that's basically why I would do it. I want my kids to know that it's okay to do hard things. It's okay to do things that um, might not give you immediate rewards or immediate pleasure or immediate satisfaction, but chipping away at things, there's a major value in that. And when you get to where you want to be, that might not be the end of it. It's, it's all, there's always going to be room to improve. It basically is, for me, it's about, I want my kids to know that it's okay to do hard things. That's sort of what it boils down to for me. And just by chipping away at it, I hope that I'm reinforcing that for them. I love it, man. I think that's 100% the right way to look at things in life. 
because then the, the variable is, is totally in your control. Like other things that you don't have control over, it can be daunting. Or it can be like depressing to try and, you know, fixate it or, or, or make it have the, the outcome you desire. But if you have total control, which everybody does, they have total control over the amount of work they put in and the amount of time they put in that work. And when you combine those two things, then, I mean, lights out, you know? Absolutely, man. I agree 100%. Yeah, it's all about, you know, making it happen. If you want something, take steps to get there, however small. Just make make progress. It might not seem like you're going to get there. But even when it doesn't seem like you're getting there, you're making tiny steps toward that goal. Absolutely. Out, out of curiosity, what's it like, you know, in the in the household with, with you being the only one that's keto? Like, do you get a lot of resistance there? Or do you think they'll, are they starting to open up and maybe entertain the idea of trying keto themselves? I think that this is a great question. Uh, in the early going, there was definite resistance. I think they they thought it was dad's gone crazy. Um, he's going to die. We're going to be fatherless. Um, but as things have progressed and they've seen my progress, um, you know, my wife has lost more weight than I have since I started keto. She was like, I'm not going to try keto but because it seems too extreme for me. But I am going to just count my calories. And I'm going to watch what I eat and I'm going to lose weight. She's lost 75 pounds. I have lost a total of 65 pounds. Um, and she's got a little bit more she wants to lose. And she has been asking me questions about keto in the last, you know, few weeks. And I have tried not to smile too much. I've tried not to, I've tried to contain my giddiness. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that she is on the cusp of uh, jumping in with me, which, makes me incredibly happy. My kids, one of my twin boys is on the autism spectrum. He's very high functioning, but on the autism spectrum, he's been on ADHD meds since he was younger, about seven years old. And we are going to, um, we've talked with him about the possibility of lowering his carbs, seeing how it makes him feel. He is, <laughs> he's an incredibly rigid thinker and is uh, resistant to it. Um, because he loves his carbs. He loves when grandma brings him Cheez-Its. But mm -hmm. we, I've showed him some of the foods he can have. Like, guy, you can have bacon every day if you want. I'll make you eggs. I can curate your, your, know, your meals for you. They'll be delicious. And he's starting to soften to it, I think. So um, there's a definite, uh, they might not go full on keto, but I'm hopeful that we, you know, we have been reducing the amount of carbs in our household. Um, I think everybody has seen you know, some benefits to it. Um, it's just chipping away at that, that resistance to it. And I'm, I've always thought that keto is a really, going keto was a really, really personal decision. And I think it is for everybody. I've never pushed keto on my family. Um, that's sort of, it was my decision. Like my buddy Scott said on a different podcast that I he was on, he said, uh, keto is my decision. It's not my family's decision. And I feel like that, that's pretty much my philosophy. If they want to come to me and talk to me about it and ask me anything, I am more than happy to help them. But I feel like it's it's not something you can push people into. But the fact that they're starting to come around to it makes me really, really happy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, leading by example and just chipping away at something. Like you do that, like you have, I mean, your success is going to keep compounding over time. And, you know, whereas most men your age are like on the decline, you're like, Shoot, man, you're in your prime. You know, you're in your prime. You're keto now. It's just getting better from this point on. It's the fountain of youth. And and they'll see that, you know, they'll recognize that and they'll know that there's something to it. And, you know, just, just as your YouTube's growing, just as, you know, your your influence is growing, just as your health is improving, like they'll see that and they'll be motivated motivated by it. And you'll be leading by example, not pushing it on them. And 
before you know it, you have a whole keto family going there. That's it, man. That's the dream. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if we get there. But uh, that's sort of the dream. Just kind of keep on leading by example and uh, and see where we end up. I got faith in it happening, man. You get you get the right intentions and you get the right way of illustrating those intentions. So I think all the good stuff's going to come your way for sure. No, thanks, man. Where where can people go to find out more about you, brother? Uh, I am most easily found on Instagram. My handle there is adketo. That's a period d period keto. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at AD underscore keto and the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash AD keto, all one word, no periods, no underscores. Um, that's where I am most of the time. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'll link out to all those, make it easy for people to find you and uh, hopefully get you some more subscribers so you can wow them with all your mad skills and, and good storyline. Oh, thanks so much, Robert. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, my best to Crystal, man. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Aaron. Take care, buddy.